Hello, hello. Welcome back to Retrieving Sanity with your host, Liam Crow. And today's interview, we got... Ray. Ray. Ray Plant. Ray Plant. That's how you pronounce that? Yeah. <laughs> I always thought it was like Planté. No, it's, it's, <laughs> it's French-Canadian. Oh, okay. Yeah. My dad, that, from my dad's side. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Okay, so uh, tell us where you're from. I am... Actually, we were right down the street from here. We were uh -huh. in uh, Richardson, Texas, and... Uh, I lived on the street further down when I was, my parents lived on the street further down and when I was born the closest hospital was Plano, so I was born in Plano, ah. but it was a, du we lived in a duplex and then when I turned two we moved to the house that we're in now, so. Heck yeah. Yeah. And my family, uh, they're from Rhode Island and my mom hmm. was trying to use the relocation factor uh, because my dad was an alcoholic and an addict uh, and you know new new faces new places that just it doesn't work mm -mm. it doesn't work you'll find new new things new people and new bars so. yeah the game's the same no matter <clears throat> where you go exactly yeah uh, you try to run away you're always there yeah or at least in my experience yeah yeah this is always here yeah what it is you know? unfortunately yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, so what was your DOC? Mine was, first it was alcohol. Okay. And uh, then it was Adderall. Um, the first time I did cocaine, I loved it. I did that for a while, but the first time I did it, it was from a friend who rolled it up mm -hmm. and put it in the dollar. And I was talking to a friend later, a couple days after that, and... Uh, they were like, uh, you were up for like two days? That Oh, no, that was meth. Okay. Oh. <laughs> but I didn't I didn't really seek it. I loved, I mean, I did it afterwards too. Uh-huh. But I was like, this shit's going to kill me. Oh. So <laughs> I only did it every once in a while and when I was at the bar with people. So, so socially. Socially, yeah. I hadn't gotten <laughs> to that yet. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. weird how that uh, kind of develops, right? Yeah. It just starts as social and fun, and then as it moves, or in my experience, it was as I moved towards just myself, that's whenever the real problem started to arise. Yeah. Um, so with uh, alcohol, when did you first think you had a problem? Or when did you first know? Well... Uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, I might have, I, deep down, I, I probably knew when mm -hmm. I was in my late teens, early 20s, and I would put it away for a while and go back to it, uh. but I always went back to that. I always went to it. That was my thing. Mm. And uh, back stories, like when I was growing up, my dad had a carpet business, mm -hmm. and his guys would come over on Friday to get paid. So I was making vodka and grapefruit juices on Fridays. And my huh. dude, I was like eight or nine. Wow. Ten in that area. So, <laughs> so, so you see where I'm going with this. Yeah. You know, I'd be like in school like on fr uh, Friday, you know, I'm like, hey, you know. And it was just the, the, the feeling of, of, you know, making the drink and then just licking the spoon. Licking the spoon? Licking the spoon, putting my hand on, on the stove. Huh. It didn't burn me yet, you know. Oh, uh, yeah, But, yeah. I, I mean, I just loved it, you know. And uh, I went on 
I didn't think about it until mm-hmm. like my parents were out of town and my sister would have some friends over and they would drink uh-huh. and I would drink a couple and I would be like, I think I remember specifically one time I had three and I was like, all right, this is good. And that was it, huh. you know, and I, I was like 15. Oh, and, man. Uh, yeah. And I it never really thought about it again until I start. I fa- I failed out of uh, Bishop Lynch freshman year. Oh, man. They asked me not to come back because I didn't do homework. <laughs> I hated it. I hated homework. Why go to school for eight hours and four hours of homework? That's stupid. You mm-hmm. know? And um, I ended up not needing a degree anyways. So There you go. <laughs> I went to a trade school. That's, that's a very viable option. Yes, um, sir. So they asked me not to. So that summer, my mom was looking for a school for me. Mm-hmm. And I helped my dad replace the fence. And I remember him saying, you know, if your mom doesn't find you a school, you're going to work with me the rest of your life installing carpet. Huh. That wouldn't have worked out well because I am horrible at math. <laughs> I am. Math makes me freeze up. And I'm like, yeah. Um, so anyways, the school she found, it was funny because it was for self-paced kids that were addicts and alcoholics. Huh. I didn't. <laughs> So, you know, I didn't, you know, they would do, like, the school was so small, it was, like, my graduating class had, like, 15, 20 people, maybe. Damn. So, anyways, 60 kids at a time, a semester, basically, uh-huh. and all grades, you know, actually, yeah, 9 through 12, and um, each semester, they would randomly pull a name out of a hat for a drug test. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they would tell us, I mean, I didn't do drugs at the time. I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't really even drink until later. I'll get to that later. Okay. Um, and the last semester of school, they pulled my name and everyone was like, oh, that's a waste of time. <laughs> Cause they knew, I mean, you know, but I had, you know, I had fun and stuff. My friends, uh, I ended up meet, uh, hanging out with two of my older class. They were, the classrooms were set up with, with everyone in different grades mm. or in a class because the book, the work was sent to us from uh, Nebraska, Nebraska College, and we would do workbooks huh. and send them there, and that's how we, would, how we did it. That's interesting. So, I, yeah, I loved it because, so I was actually, I was held back in early childhood because I, I was born with a, uh, with a disability mm-hmm. called spina bifida. Mm. And I'm able to walk and stuff, which is, I have the, wor- the best case of the worst. Yeah. You know, they didn't think I would walk. I was three years old when I walked. And uh, we were at my house. And uh, my aunt and my uncle on my mom's side were visiting. And I was inside with my dad. Now, I don't remember any of this. This is just stories I've heard. Mm-hmm. And uh, my dad runs out to the back and says, hey, he's walking and all that. And, and my uncle, Ray, and uh, my aunt, uh, Betty Ann, they were like, oh, he's drunk. You know, whatever. He's been drinking. He doesn't. He's just messing around. Mm-hmm. And then finally, he went back out a couple more times. And they finally had to come back in to see it. So, you know, it, it's, <laughs> you know, I forget really where I was going with that story, but. You know, these friends, I met some friends, really good friends. Mm-hmm. I still talk to one of them. Uh, 
um, his name's Rob, and uh, so we would hang out. You know, we would hang out and drink on the weekends mm-hmm. after I went after I graduated high school. You gotcha. Because I was afraid of getting caught, getting mm-hmm. in trouble for even weed and stuff like that. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. I liked it, but I didn't. It was one of those. I did it when it was around. I I never bought it, but I always smoked it. <laughs> and uh, so I would drink, and and you know we never did any drugs over there. I mean, mm-hmm. they weren't really, you know, those friends weren't really into drugs. They were into drinking and having a good time. Okay. And uh, you know, I remember one summer I just stayed over in Plano with my friends at at his apartment. You know, mm-hmm. just hung out, <laughs> and it was fun. But you know, I can still I can see the damage happening way back then. You know, not not calling my parents and mm-hmm. saying, "Hey, I'm going to stay here." Just doing it. You know. Oh yeah. You know, I mean, hey, I'm a man. You know, I don't worry about what I'm doing, type of thing. So. Yeah, uh, it's interesting, isn't it? Whenever we're young, we feel like we're so old and like know everything, and then. You look back at it and you're like, no, I didn't know shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely didn't. Um, on the weekends, I uh, I remember I would come home. Like, I would drink sometimes. Okay, I would drink sometimes when I was still in high school, just not much. Mm-hmm. And um, during the weekends, I would come home. And I remember driving home, and sometimes I remember not driving home. That was just, that was scary. I mean, mm-hmm. to look back at it, it's like, wow, you know, dang, that's. I remember even some days, like, I'd, some nights I'd get out of the truck to go in the house, and I'm like, dang, I really just, I, wow, it's like I just teleported. You know what I mean? It's like I went through time, and I'm like, here I am, and I'm like, I remember one time it was Saturday. It was on a Saturday. And my dad was in the uh, in the uh, kitchen reading newspaper, mm-hmm. and uh, I walked out and I had a massive hangover. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, I had a hangover. And he goes, "Hey, so uh, I forgot what he was, what he said. It, like, did I have a good time or something like that?" But my truck was parked like this far away from the curb. Oh man. <laughs> He's, I think he even said, hey, you better go move your truck before your mom finds out. Oh. He was one of those because he was one of us. He mm-hmm. was like, I remember my first concert. I was 14, and I, I, uh, I went to go see White Zombie. And okay. he was like, hey, uh, there's going to be some stuff passed around. And as your dad, you probably shouldn't do it. But if you want to, go for it. And, you know. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as a kid, you know, that's kind of cool, you know. And, mm-hmm. you know, we I read something earlier that said, uh, you know, as you grow up, you find out who your parents really were. Mm. And my parents, I love my parents to death. My mom, I love her to death. I still live with her. My dad passed in uh, 04. Sorry to hear that. Yeah, yeah, 04. Um, he died of a septic, of septic shock. Ooh. His body just said, I'm done, you know, I'm enough with this and my mm. sister told me uh a while back she was like yeah he uh we talked one time he opened up and he was like you know i'm i'm regretful and, and sorry for all the things that i put your mother through you know and he just he knew but he was a conscience of it because he was he was always under the influence and i i can totally get understand that mm-hmm. 
His was actually the first, uh, the first, uh, person on my step nine that I did a, uh, amends to, oh, you know, okay. I, and, uh, because I could sympathize with him as, as I went on in sobriety, I understood mm-hmm. what he went through and, and how he was, he wasn't doing it to us. I mean, he never laid a hand on me or anyone, but. You know, he just would get angry and stuff when he drank. And, mm-hmm. you know, we started off in the book, big book. It says, you know, we drank for conviviality at first, mm-hmm. which is totally true and did other things. And then at the end, towards the end, it, it just takes over. And yep. that's what it did. I, I remember uh, the last group of friends that I had, friends that I drank with and stuff mm-hmm. on Friday nights. You know, they uh, would tell me, yeah, um, you knocked over a table. I mean, like, like I Chris Farley'd into it. Not oh. just knock it over, but I would, like, Chris Farley into a table. Oh, man. <laughs> I don't remember it, you know. I mean, I would wake up with cuts and scratches and mm-hmm. stuff, and, you know, that was that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wouldn't talk to them for till the next Friday mm-hmm. because I knew, like, I would look down and read a text message like, oh, man, you know. So I knew towards the end this was this was just not affecting me but everyone around me. So Okay. Man. Yeah, yeah that blackout <laughs> drunk is scary. Yeah. Uh, especially if you drove. Oh yeah. But glad you're all right. Yeah. Uh just maybe parked a little too far off the curb. <laughs> oh yeah. Just a bit, yeah. Uh I never parked on the line, but I, I've gotten close. <laughs> <laughs> just on the curb. Yeah. Like Oh, and another thing is, um, so when I moved out the first time, mm-hmm. I eventually got married and stuff, and, and I went out with a friend, and I got a DWI, mm. and that's when I uh, it, my license was suspended, and when it came back up for renewal, uh, in my mind, I was like, no, I'm going to kill someone. Mm. And that's honestly why I've never got my license back. That was like 13 years ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> and now prices of everything have gone up, so yeah, whatever. Just, <laughs> you know, It worked out for the best. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> so. Well, uh, man, you sure have had quite the story. Yeah. Um, and so with your dad being one of us, do you think that like influenced you? like nature versus nurture or do you think you you were probably going to go down that path both. one way or another both. both i believe this is a family disease mm. um there, i forget what it's called but it's a uh, uh it's a book of diseases and, and uh, alcohol addiction uh yeah alcoholism and addiction is is classified as a disease mm-hmm. and i i believe i it it both influenced me in in living it and in, in seeing it as and also I believe that it, it was my gonna it was gonna be part of my destiny anyways I mean you know yeah if, unless I never touch the stuff you know I believe yep. one time I remember hearing someone say something in a meeting about uh, about there's there's two sons you know one grew up watching his father and never drank one grew up watching his father and became a raging alcohol. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the, you know, the point of it was, you know, wh- why, why? And then one answered, actually, they both answered because I watched my father growing up. Mm-hmm. So I believe that, you know, this was going to just 
part of my story. You know, okay. I mean, God, I believe in God, and God has a plan. You know, mm-hmm. Far bigger than what I know and what I can see. Yeah. So I, you know, I've gotten to the point where I don't question. Yeah. Why is this happening? It's it's why is this happening for me now? Mm-hmm. Uh, I heard someone say something about the lines of instead of why me, it's more like what uh, am I getting out of this? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What am I? What are you teaching me? What, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know. And you know, I like to say this to some people, like when they they're going through a hard time, is like, you know, I'm like, I don't get the whole. I'm not supposed to. We don't have to understand the whole point. Mm-hmm. I'm going through whatever I'm going through to help the next person through it. Mm-hmm. Why? To help them through it. But yep. what's, that's not my part. I don't need to know the whole part. I don't. I don't want to know the rest of my story. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I enjoy life. I wish this and that was happening, and got you know. But that's that'll be more shall be revealed. You know mm-hmm. what the book says, and and uh, I'm, I'm a firm believer in that. As long as I keep up with my prayer and meditation. Stay spiritually fit. Yeah, exactly. Stay spiritually fit. I will. I won't fall back into why me, why me. You mm-hmm. know? Uh, so what's a good example of you trying to be the one act show, like the stage manager, the actor doing the lights? Because uh, in the book it talks about we're trying to be the show, run the show all by ourselves. Uh, is there a certain story that comes to mind with that uh or what about a story that has a good lesson for you that you didn't realize it until later well a lot of them a lot of them (laughs) yeah the one that came to mind when you said that was so there's a kroger right down the street from here and i used to work there Uh towards the end uh 2016 15 no 2015 to 2018 and it's early 2018. I was actually, oh, dang, I was actually fired on my birthday. Oh, that's hard. Yeah, but good reason. Um, I, uh, so I was going out to the bar every, every weekend with my friends, but I was drinking every day. I was mm. a daily drinker. I mean, yep. you know, I had to feed myself, you know, feed my mind. And, uh, to keep it, keep the, the uh, monsters away, as they say, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't have any monsters, I drowned them, you know, I, I was drowning them in what I was drinking and, and you know, using, mm-hmm. um, so anyways, I started working overnights, which is fine, you know, I would take Adderall, so I was like, ah, you know, I can get through this, and, you know, they put me on the drink aisles, and they wanted, they were like, you got to get two aisles done in two hours, and it was like the heaviest shit, and like four pallets a night, Every other night, at least. And uh, the manager was like, man, what's taking you so long? I'm like, look, man, you see all this? And the... So anyways, the funny thing is, like, I go in there now, and the first time I went in there and they rearranged it, they did it to where the aisles have spots for pallets, for the ah. water and stuff. I used to have to unload at least, like, 50-something things of water and cokes oh yeah it is what it is i used Mm -hmm. to have you know but it it wasn't really it was synthetic kind of (laughs) and um i mean yeah i miss being in shape like that but Mm -hmm. do i really so anyways going back to the question is like the feeling like the actor the the stage manager is um i would work overnights 
And I would come home in the day, and I wouldn't want to go to sleep. It's like, I want to stay up and do mm. stuff. And so I would go in that vicious cycle, you know? Yeah. Um, one story I'll tell is, is um, so, you know, I was Adderall was my main thing. Mm-hmm. And um, my prescription would get filled. You know, it's like, okay, so it's going to get filled. So I worked overnights. I mm-hmm. would walk a mile and a half. To the doc, to the doctor's office, pick up my sc- prescription and walk back the same distance mm-hmm. to the same Kroger because you know I'm. Everyone knew something, yeah. so I'd get it filled and I would stay up till like eleven thirty noon, oh, and wow. go to sleep. Maybe maybe go to sleep mm-hmm. until I had to go to work at eleven or midnight. Oh man! And uh, I just wanted to keep doing that. That's I just wanted to party all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, I I like having fun now, but it's not, I don't have to, you know, I don't have to feel like I'm in charge of it, you know. Yeah. That's the thing is I go with, I go with the flow now, you know. Be water. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Um, So in recovery, one of the things we're told that we kind of have to do is surrender. Uh, To me, after a point, the surrender... I realized that it was more of a strength to be able to do that. Uh, what is your take on like surrender or giving up you? Uh, not necessarily your identity, but like what you want necessarily. Does that make sense? Oh, that makes total sense. Um, <clears throat> so, in the beginning of my recovery, uh, like I want to say about a year and a half or something. I started dating this really, really beautiful woman, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, she's real sweet. She lived right down the street from me, real convenient, all that shit. So, <laughs> no, and we'd go to the same home, home group, you know, whatever. Um, and uh, so she left her addiction, got the, the you know, her, her addiction, and, and uh, she had some other health problems pop up, and that got the better of her, so she went back into her addiction mm. and her alcoholism. And I had the hardest time dealing with that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so every time, like on a, a Friday or Saturday night at my old home group, I'd walk in, and, and one of my really good friends, uh, you know, I love her to death for this, is I'd walk in, and she'd be like, uh, she, you know, say hi and all this, and then the, the meeting would open, and they'd be like, all right, well, does anyone have a topic? And and she would look over at me and be like, hey, Ray, page 417. And what poor seventeen in the big book is about acceptance, you know. Mm. And it took me forever to. I understood the concepts. We understand the concepts, you mm-hmm. know, of course. But it took me forever to be okay with it. I think, you know, I believe that everything that's led me to now is why I'm here. That mm-hmm. might sound sound kind of weird or backwards or whatever. Nah. But so that was going on. And then COVID came along, you know, mm. and uh, <clears throat> so COVID came along. My sponsor, he was struggling. He's like, "How are we going to do this without meeting and stuff and all this, blah, blah blah." And so that honestly, that got me to re- reach outside myself, uh-huh. as far as not just to people, but like spirituality stuff. Mm-hmm. I got on YouTube and I started looking, just typing in stuff, and uh, I, I started watching Eckhart Tolle. And okay. that really helped. That was like, and my sponsor, you know, I talked to him, and he'd be like, "Wow, you know, all that stuff." And then so the, 
it went along and then eventually meetings started back opening back up and the first one that opened back up i went to mm-hmm. it was in a different fellowship that i was that i started in but i was at the point where i was like i was missing something in my recovery uh-huh. i felt and i started going to this other fellowship and you know uh that's what I was missing was fellowship, not, mm-hmm. not you know, the, the camaraderie of, of everyone else and, and uh, hearing how they recover. You know? mm-hmm. um, that helped me. And then, uh, you know, I was going along with that. And then, you know, I still go to that group, too. Mm-hmm. I go to my home group, every, my old home group every once in a while. Um, I go to that group. The, the, it's a, the N.A. Mm-hmm. You know, I started in A.A. Went to NA, and then a friend that was in NA, you know, introduced me to this other group, Cocaine Anonymous. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Whoa, hey, you know, we can talk about drugs and alcohol." Because mm-hmm. I was, I was one of those. I would be at my old, my old home group, and I was okay with it. But like everyone else, so, someone else would would be like, "Hey, my name's so and so. I'm an alcoholic and addict," and I would just go because I know the old timers were just like. Mm-hmm. So Ah, you know, and so now it doesn't bother me, but I just thought it was funny because someone I was talking to that about that with someone the other day, uh-huh. and I was like, "Yeah, that's funny." I just kind of, it's almost like that now when I go to an NA group and someone says I'm an alcoholic, I'm like, Ooh. <laughs> "Yeah, <laughs> you wrong know? one." Because, <laughs> anyways, but <laughs> so so now I find that the more I've reached out, the more fit I stay. You know, the more. Okay. You know, I help others and, you know, I can, someone can help me with some, in in recovery, someone's been through something like that, Mm -hmm. like what you're going through or or exactly like it. Mm -hmm. And if not, oh, you know, I know so-and-so has been through this. Let me talk to them or I know of someone. Let me talk to them if you don't want to give their anonymity out, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's just everyone, you know. I just love recovery, you know, it's, it's, it's my life now. It's not part yeah. of my life. It is my life. I have to, recovery comes first, mm-hmm. you know, cause I've, I've been, like I was saying, you know, when my ex left that I was in this whole shell, like I was like, I don't want to do anything, blah, blah, blah. But I know we have to get to a point where we're like, okay, we're either going to fall back into old habits or, or go try something new we have to get uncomfortable enough to try something new yep and i'm glad that happened you know yeah it's funny i went to uh i was able to help someone actually a couple people with that same problem that so-and-so leaving you know and they were like oh you know and i was like we just have to be strong enough to keep going on Mm -hmm. yeah the fellowship is really important oh yeah uh the program I went to, they had uh, 15 biblical principles, and number seven states, we believe that every man, no, we believe that one must maintain a fellowship with God and with those friends who help in his recovery. Ooh, that's good. And I loved that because it's important. Yeah. And I'm having, one of the first things they also said, uh, you reminded me of, I had to get comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah. And I was like, that doesn't make any sense. Right. And now it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's funny. I was thinking about that earlier, too. Is like those old cliches, man. I'm starting to fall back into them. Mm-hmm. Like the cliche sayings. Mm. Like, 
I say them because that's who I am. But, you know, it's because they work. Yeah. Know? I mean, yeah, yeah, you have to get uncomfortable enough. And then you'll be, if you keep doing it, just keep doing it and you'll get to a place where you're comfortable. Yep. You know? Yep. And that was, that's, I was kind of like, okay, how, how is this going to work today, too? You know, it's like, you know, I told you about, you know, my house wasn't really an option. And then I was like, you know what? Maybe it'll work this way. I, I didn't know if there'd be like a thousand people running around <laughs> screaming and stuff. And I was like, all right, well. <laughs> Worked out well. Yeah. Very nice. I think I'm going to have to do more of them outside, too. Right Because this is nice. Yeah. Just in the shade, especially this Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm from Amarillo, so it's a dry heat. But yeah. it's also windy. Ah. So you stand in the shade for a bit, you get cooled down. Oh, okay. But here it's like, I feel like I just walked out of a shower. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's been uh, that way my whole life. <laughs> yeah, see, I'm barely getting used to this. Yeah. But uh, I'm not. <laughs> my whole life, but I'm not. No text. No, no person from Dallas is used to this, I don't think. Fair <laughs> enough. I can, I can see why. <laughs> um, so on the steps, I know some people find four and five the hardest and then others find like eight and nine uh which step did you find the hardest to really do maybe not like read it and kind of start it but like actually do it do it four four <laughs> four for sure definitely four um there's a lot of backstory with that mm -hmm. is my you know when i was dating that woman my ex-grand sponsor he was super jealous uh -huh. and um he would like he would tell my sponsor to hold me back on things. It, that's part of my story, you know. Mm -hmm. I can't, you know. He was he's sick, you know. We're all sick, yep. and um, so it, it took me a while, not just because of that, but because I was going through a break that breakup, and I didn't want to write it down because when we're doing it, it it's the hardest thing in the world for us to do. Mm -hmm. But it, you know, it's so freeing, you know. Yep. I mean, it took me a long time. And I was finally able to sponsor when I, uh, on my two year, which, which is my story, you know, mm -hmm. I wouldn't suggest, you know, you know, just kick, kicking rocks through your steps, <laughs> you know, but, uh, you know, that's my story. Amends, um, they're not so bad. I mean, they are, they can be uncomfortable. That's what it is. Mm -hmm. Um, my, my amends went pretty well and that's. You know, I, I'm thankful for that. There's a part in the big book that says, um, like, when we, like, in the beginning, we'll want to rush home and, and, and talk about it and make amends right away. Well, you know what? I did. <laughs> and to my mom and my sister. Mm -hmm. And thankfully, it worked out in my case. You know, That's results good. may vary. I don't suggest that. <laughs> I say that in meetings, too. Do not do that. And... Um, you know, I'm I'm grateful because they knew that I was suffering. Mm -hmm. You know, and um, I'm I'm just very grateful for that. So. Yeah, well, that's good, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Step nine, I think you said it best. It's really uncomfortable, maybe not hard. Yeah. And because I had problems on step four too, because it's like I know everything up here, but like writing it down was like putting it here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this, yeah, you gotta. Exactly. And then, <laughs> and then it was like, man, I, I'm not that much of a bad person, am I? And then it's like, you know, I, yeah. it brought out, like, addiction brings out the worst in us. Yeah. And uh, so the character defects just really 
like shine. Yeah. And <laughs> it's learning how to kind of not sidestep, but change the defect into an attribute. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so, uh, what, what was it that really got you sober? Like, uh, of course, for yourself to get better, but what was the pivotal moment that really made you go like, I got it. Right on. So, uh, I have a neighbor, she's in recovery. Okay. And, uh, so, um, my sister and her ex used to live there mm -hmm. and, um, she was like, Hey, you know, always mad at me because I was always drinking and then her mm -hmm. husband at the time would, you know, it would just cause problems between them, Yeah, you know, and I wasn't seeing it at the time, but I was. And, um, so she went to my neighbor's house mm -hmm. and had her come over and talk to me. Huh. And it planted a seed, you know? I was like, you know, they're getting fired, too. Mm -hmm. Well, no, actually, yeah, they're getting fired. That planted, started the seed. You know, that started the, the, the ball rolling in my head that, you know, this is it. I need to, you know, I'm, I'm tired of this. And mm -hmm. uh, she came and talked to me, and, and uh, then finally I warmed up to, I was like, hey, you know, what? Uh, when can I go to a meeting with you, you know? Uh. And so I started going to meetings. Um, it was in Plano, not at ODAT. It was, uh, it was farther. Uh, it was Spring Creek or Legacy. I don't know if it was Legacy Group. It might have been. But anyways, I was, I was doing it. I was going to meetings. I was, that's what I was doing, just showing my face. And, mm -hmm. oh, this feels good. It's comfortable. And then finally... I just, one last hurrah, you know. Mm, we yeah. were driving home, and, and she showed me the Richardson group. She was like, hey, I think you might like it there better because I've been there, and, and it's just, they're your type of people, you know, uh. more your type of people. <laughs> okay. So that set the ball rolling mm -hmm. for, uh, you know, one night I lied, and I'm going to a meeting. And I didn't know that they knew that she wasn't going. Uh. So, you know what? This God's plan. It's fine. You know, it's fine. Uh -huh. <laughs> you know? And um, I went out, had a few shots. You know, of course, I took some pills. You know, mm -hmm. why not? And uh, they do what we do. And um, finally got home. Nothing. You know, everyone was asleep. Okay, good. So I drank a half a bottle of vodka that was there. You because know? it's there. Because it's there. <laughs> and I was still, you know. Mm -hmm. And... Um, you know, my, my brother-in-law, you know, he was getting ready for work. And uh, I think they, they kind of knew when they heard me. And uh, so he walks in my room and he throws the bottle on my bed and he goes, what the, is this? I thought you were done. Mm -hmm. You know, and that was, I, as long as I keep that feeling mm. of that, that uh, I can't remember what they call it in the book, but the remember, remembering how that felt mm -hmm. at that moment. That's good. You know, we need to, that, oh, that's what happens if, if we go back out and do this or, or whatever. Um, so I started going to the Richardson group, and I really liked it, man. I did. I liked it. I, uh, I had a, a case going, you know, stealing money from Kroger when I worked there because nah. it, it was there. I was working <laughs> register. 
when uh, it's, uh, I remember before I did, I was like, I'll never, I'd never want to work behind the register. Mm -hmm. And then it got the best of me. You know? uh. So um, I forgot where I was going with that. But um, uh, your story of getting clean and sober. Oh, yeah. Um, so the, the feeling of, of, oh, you know. So I didn't have a job for a while, and I was I was going to like three meetings a day. I did three meetings for a while. A day? And yeah. Oh man. Yeah, and um, I mean to stay away from the house, basically, <laughs> stay out of the uncomfortable. Uh huh. Know? And because I had read this book, I read this book like three times before I started doing the program, actually working the program. Oh, okay. And because uh, the neighbor I went to meetings with, she gave me a copy of the book. Ah. And uh, it, it didn't mean anything to me. It did, but it, like, it didn't resonate. Yeah. And um, so eventually, yeah, I got a job working at a warehouse. And mm -hmm. uh, 10 hours a day, I was still hitting two meetings a night. Two meetings a night, five days a week. Sometimes I'd go to six or seven meetings. Wow. Well, the, the 10 meetings plus the, the weekend sometimes. Uh-huh. And... Um, you know, it was great. I had a sponsor, and, and uh, you know, my sponsor was like, man, how are you doing? And I'm like, man, I have to. I got no choice. This is it for me. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> That's some determination it right is. there. It is. I mean, you know, it's uncomfortable. Like I said, you know, I have to either, I'm either going to go this way and go back in the ditch mm -hmm. or, you know, trudge the road of happy destiny. Like, you know. Yep. So. Uh so whenever you're doing that many meetings per day, uh, did you know what a home group was, like, starting off? Uh, or did you just, like, kind of consider all of those your home groups? Well, see, at, at first I was only doing the Richardson group. Okay. Yeah, yeah I did that for about oh, two and a half, let's see, 18 19, yeah, two, two and a half years, you know. Oh, wow, okay. So, so that's your old home group. Yeah, yeah, that's my old home group. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Yeah. Um, so you know how some people that don't understand addiction, uh, they go, it's just a matter of willpower. These people have no willpower. Yeah. I think that is entirely wrong oh, because yeah. we could have nothing, and then by the end of the day, we'd have our fix. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. And just... And watching people in recovery, watching uh, watching their willpower really makes me just go like, these people are determined as hell to do anything and everything. Yeah. Uh, so willpower definitely isn't the problem. It's being powerless over alcohol and other mind-altering substances. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I'm, I can be powerless over anything, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. food. You know, for a while I used food. While I was in recovery, like, uh, you know, I don't want to face this. So, mm -hmm. you know, I would just eat a lot, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Got to replace one habit with another yeah, habit. Yeah, yeah, You know? Mm -hmm. And uh, that's how that worked out. I'm, I'm losing that weight. <laughs> the fat, I should say, you know? Fair um, enough. Uh, I bet this heat helps. Oh, yeah. It's going, it's going to. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so, let's see. We've got your kind of uh, sober story. We got how you like started for the most part. Uh, what are like some future goals, like any short term or long term goals that you're like, 
dead set on? Or are you just kind of like walking and you're going to see what doors open? Yeah, that's that's how I do it. Like I, I've uh, I try to set little goals and sometimes they don't work out. So uh, I just I just keep readjusting. You know, okay. it's it's uh, you know I never see things as a failure. As this may this just didn't work out. Okay, what did I learn from it? You mm -hmm. know, um, and you you can't stay in anger about it. Like oh you know oh I should have done this or that. Mm -hmm. You know. I, Things happen the way they happen. Um, yeah. I have, you know, sure I have long-term goals. You know, eventually I want to get my own place and, you know, maybe get my driver's license back. <laughs> maybe. Because yeah. Texas is the hardest place to get a driver's license. Is it really? Yeah. Yeah. I had no idea. <laughs> it is, yeah. So I don't know if I can take that again. The the, the written part. You know, I know how to uh, drive. I've dri I drove for the past. Yeah, we're not, let's not get into that. <laughs> you know. You know. I mean, it's a skill I have. <laughs> yeah. I like that a skill you have. Yeah. Um, so for your recovery, what do you find is quintessential for it? Like it is absolutely paramount that you do this one thing or a couple things to maintain your spiritual fitness. It's I every morning I have to get up and talk to, to God, my higher power. Okay. I have to. It's uh, I have my alarm set, so I, I leave for work around seven ish, so I can get up by six thirty five the latest. Uh -huh. um, I have I set like three alarms on my phone, and if I'm up at six, mm -hmm. I play on my phone. Sometimes I look, you know, whatever, read news, all this stuff. Uh -huh. But I've gotten to know that when that six fifteen alarm goes off. I sit up and I set that down. Um, I read a few different things. Uh -huh. uh, I go to church sometimes on Sundays. I have a, a church, uh -huh. a non-denominational church, which I love because it's it's like recovery. I mean, we we have a higher power. We just don't ex we don't exclude. You know? mm -hmm. um, so I I have to uh, get up and read the daily reflection. I've done that for. Seriously, I've done that for five, over five years, you know, since, you know, maybe missed a few times early in the beginning when I was going through that breakup I talked about. Uh -huh. And, uh, but yeah, I read that. And then, the, so the church has a daily re uh, reflection itself, a Bible mm -hmm. verse. And I told my sponsor about it and he said, hey, you know, send that to me. So I send that to him like every day and then. I've been doing that for like years also. Huh. And a few other people I've told, and they're like, hey, send that to me. Like, okay, you know, so that's part of my helping others, you know. Uh -huh. um, it's not my business if they don't read it. They, you know, sometimes they reply back and they don't. That's fine, it is. Mm -hmm. um, so I have to do that. Uh, when I go to lunch, you know, I pray before lunch, you know, thank you for getting me through this part of the day or whatever. Uh -huh. And, uh, you know, Helping me, putting me where I need to be, and, and helping me be okay with someone else's attitude at work or whatever. Uh huh. Knowing that they're not mad at me, it's it's just how things are, you know. <laughs> but like we're all going through something mm -hmm. that we don't talk about. That's that someone else probably can't understand. I mean, yeah. uh, in the non-recovery world, yeah. You know? And uh, 
I've gotten I've gotten okay with that. Like someone snaps at me at work or whatever, I'm like, eh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, I come home for for the past four years. I, I take a nap after work every day. I have to. <laughs> Even before I get older, I I, I took naps uh-huh. and uh, I wake up because if I go to a meeting directly after work, which I've done, my mind's jello. I don't retain. Uh. I don't retain, and I don't. More importantly, I I don't I can't contribute anything that's worthwhile contributing. Gotcha. You know, mm-hmm. um, and that's you know my main thing is like they say is some meetings you go to you, and you don't share it's because you needed to hear something, mm-hmm. and vice versa. So when I share, I don't want to just you know just be like kind of like blah you know mm-hmm. zoned out because I can't think. You uh-huh. know, so. And I, I have before, you know, I do every once in a while. And it's like, does that make sense? Sometimes. <laughs> I, I quit. See, I've learned through recovery that whatever we share, someone needs to hear it. Uh-huh. You know, not specifically. It doesn't matter. Uh, newcomer meetings are essential to my recovery. Okay. I mean, I've been going to newcomer meetings since I started. Oh, yeah. I mean, because it helps me stay where I remember where I was, mm-hmm. you know, desperate for a new kind, you know, to, to be where I wasn't, you know, and uh-huh. a new, new, new mindset, you know. Yeah. Uh, and I just noticed your hat, Dopeless. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that. Yeah, that we have a friend, uh, Jojo, he, uh, he used to make a recovery uh Clothes. Merchandise. Merchandise. That's a merch. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, you know, be in the shirt too, Dopa Society. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. I love it. it. Yeah. I've got a few hats and, and shirts and hoodies, but he doesn't make them anymore. But he, he's moving. He's moved on to bigger endeavors in life, and which okay. is awesome. He's in recovery too. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, uh, but yeah, I, I was, uh, I, I like to share a group is like, I have to be a vessel for my recovery, mm-hmm. you know, for recovery, not just my recovery. You know, um, sometimes I'll forget I'm wearing this hat and like, <laughs> I, you know, I'll get in an Uber or Lyft uh-huh. or something and, and we'll start talking and they'll say something and, and uh, I'll be like, oh yeah, you know, and I remember one driver, he picked me up to go to a, a meeting at the fix. Uh-huh. And uh, he's like, hey, where are you headed to? I'm like, ah, I'm headed to CA. And he goes, you're taking an Uber to a meeting? I'm like, hell yeah, I have to. It's it's, <laughs> it's essential. Like, it's my meetings, you know uh-huh. I mean? It's, you know, it's just something I've done, you know? I mean, it's, you know, it, it boils down to, you know, I don't have the stress of having to drive. Mm-hmm. I can get to anywhere I need to, you know? Money being, you know, if I have enough money, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, but I always make sure I go to meetings, you know. Oh, yeah. They're important. And I'm just like 20 minutes away now. So you if okay. you're ever like, hey, like, I can swing on by. Okay, so. cool. Yes, sir. Right. Um, speaking of, yeah, uh, 627, uh, I assume you're going to Friday night. Yeah, if you're okay. going. Yes, sir. Right on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, cool, was, yeah. I was actually thinking that. I was like, okay, so cool. we're going to do an interview, and then right after that, Dude, shoot to a meeting. That's fucking, see, <laughs> man, when people start, I get, like, goosebumps when people talk about recovery and how it's helped, and, mm-hmm. and uh, like I was telling you, um, I talked to, 
one driver there. So there's a uh, silver living house right over here too. Uh-huh. A couple of good friends live in. They're good friends now. And um, I was talking to one guy that picked me up and he's like, uh, asking me where I'm going. And I told him, he goes, yeah, man, I, uh, trying to beat this gambling addiction, you know? Oh, so, man. so the thing is like, that's a tough one too. But mm-hmm. the point being is, is like, I'm still able to be helpful to that person. I was able to tell him, Hey, you know, there's, there's meetings for GA and, you know, things mm-hmm. like that. And he's like, really? You know? And, and, uh, so he's like, I'll look it up. And, um, couple weeks later he picked me up and to the, to go to the same place uh-huh. and uh i really don't like to but i was like hey man how, how's that going and he goes man i'm just not ready to quit yet oh. and i'm like i didn't say anything but i'm like i know exactly where he's at yep you know not ready yep. to give it up mm-hmm. he's like he was like stuck in the middle and that's that's a tough place i mean i can't oh it's terrible yeah i can't i can't imagine Addiction's addiction, you know yep. what I mean? So we've lost a bunch of things, no matter what our addiction was, gambling, sex, alcohol, drugs. Mm-hmm. We we lose material possessions, but that was important to us back mm-hmm. then. <laughs> Nowadays, it's not, you mm-hmm. know, I got, you know, food, clothes, a place to live. I live at my mom's house, help her out. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, I mean... As long as I keep carrying the message, you know, that's the biggest thing I was going to talk about is us as addicts and alcoholics, we're able to help others out that have no idea how to reach out to other people for Mm -hmm. normal issues, you know, and uh, that's just a huge blessing, you know, I mean, I, I think it is. Yeah. Uh, so I assume you're a sponsor for some people. Yes. Nice. So sponsorship's important. Uh, I have one sponsee, which mm-hmm. I've had for a while, and you know, he's a great guy. I love him to death. He's he's an AA. You know, he's he he doesn't he doesn't uh, yeah understand just, the drugs. He gets part. it, but he doesn't get it. You oh know? yeah. Yeah. It's like he's talked about like. Benadryl or something like yeah nah it just wasn't my thing or things like that Mm -hmm. you know and uh yeah he doesn't he he doesn't get it but I understand that you know I mean (laughs) there's things that I haven't done in my addiction that Mm -hmm. other people have that I don't get but I sympathize with and understand Uh you know um the thing about sponsorship is I've had I've had a bunch of sponsors too and one good thing someone told me a long time ago is no matter what, if a sponsee goes back out and drinks or whatever happened, passes, it's not your fault. Mm-hmm. Carry the message, not not the, the mess, not the addict or alcoholic. Mm-hmm. You know, um, God's plan is bigger than anyone can imagine. Yep. And, yeah. Oh, that... and, and also they were like, you didn't fail. You know, no. You didn't fail. You you. You carried the message to the best of your ability. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it's hard to do that though, too. Oh yeah, yeah. Feeling when feelings, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, as humans, yeah, it, it's hard to do that. I mean, yeah, because especially whenever you invest in someone, yeah, because uh, it takes not just time but energy, 
and you're giving a part of yourself away. Yeah. If that makes sense. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, I guess I'm, I've gotten in the mindset of like, like with my sponsee, man, I've got, I've gained a lot from him, information and knowledge and, and, uh, you know, we can joke around about, I mean, like we do at the, the home group and stuff mm -hmm. and, uh, it just being jokes and stuff. It's like, I get, you know, I get fed from, from everyone, you know, mm -hmm. I learn from everyone. And, uh, you know, that's, that's the thing. You learn something from someone's failure, mm -hmm. someone's wins. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There's lessons everywhere. Oh, yeah. You just have to listen. And yeah. pay attention. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, what, yeah, it goes back to that whole, why is this happening to me? Uh -huh. what, all right, what, what's the message? This is happening for me. Mm -hmm. Let me pay a little more attention to, to what it's trying to teach me. Yeah, and uh, my counselor, uh, she's real big on patterns. And I have to agree that Patterns tend to repeat themselves until you learn that lesson. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Things will present themselves until you learn the lesson, you know? <laughs> yep. The hot stove in the book, mm -hmm. you know, that it talks about, you know? Well, this hurt, you know? Yeah, it's not hot yet. It's not, yeah, not <laughs> yet. And I believe that, you know, people going back out, man, you know, mm -hmm. it's sad and heartbreaking, you know, recently... Yep had someone that I really care about go back out and thankfully they're okay, but we're probably not going to see them for a while. But mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, that's part of addiction and you know, part of life. And, yeah. uh, you know, as long as I learn from that, like it gets like in the book, that's where I was going in the book. It says it gets worse, never better. Mm -hmm. And it's a progressive disease. Mm -hmm. So, I moved on to NA and then CA because the thought of a beer or liquor mm -hmm. just doesn't sound appealing at all. Yeah. You know, not, I mean, honestly, it doesn't. And uh, except for, I'm a little parched now, but, you know, no, I, you know, that, that makes it worse. You know, so if I was to reach for one of those, uh -huh. my life would just come crashing down. I, I've seen that in so many different cases, you know, mm -hmm. past, you know, like over the years, man. And hopefully they come back. Some people, I've seen a bunch of people go back out and come back in and then it stick and, you know, knock on wood, you know, they haven't gone back out yet. There's always a yet. I'm eligible also. Mm -hmm. you know? Yep. And uh, that's why I got to make recovery my life, you know, not just part of my life. I've got to, I've I've got to incorporate life into my recovery. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. That is good. <laughs> yeah. Because, uh, yeah. yeah, I was thinking last night, actually, I was uh, like lifestyle versus habit versus uh, just kind of like a characteristic set, if that makes sense. Yeah. And recovery is mm -hmm. all expansive because it's, for some people, their triggers was just being alive. Yeah. Or just, yeah, yeah. Because that was mine. Like boredom and just existing yeah. was like, yeah, I've, I've got to use, got to exactly drink. to 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 feel better. 
to feel more comfortable in, mm-hmm. my, in my skin. Yeah. Yep. There's a meme that's uh, it shows a guy. A tr- he's tra- it's a cartoon and he's transparent, and uh, and then it shows this is what it's like to be an addict, and it shows like his bones like. I don't know how to explain it, but like his bones aren't like the, like like his bones are all catty corner and stuff uh, like that. Like this is what an addict feels like being dude, in your own that, skin, and it's so true. Uh-huh. I mean, we I can't explain it, but you know that that's what it it feels like. You know, as long as I remember that and what needing to have something fill that void feels like, mm-hmm. then then you know I, I'm okay for today you know? yeah i remember the first time i got sick when i was in recovery mm. you know i was just laying in bed and i'm like and uh i think first time i had a a, a really bad air infection and um mm. i was just laying in bed and like okay you know i tried praying and all this stuff uh-huh. all this stuff and then i remember uh getting over that and then making myself get up and pray the next day uh. And um, after that, it became natural. Like the next mm. time I get sick for like a couple of days or whatever, I was like, "Hey God, I'm here. Thanks for this and that, blah blah." blah. And then I, you know, get over it, and then I get back to praying. Huh? Yeah, I've I've, I've gotten sick and hurt a few times, like physically hurt and <laughs> recovery, <laughs> and you know, I had a, I, I hurt my back real bad. Mm. Um, and uh, I could barely move, but I prayed every day I had to. Not not for him to take it away from me, because mm-hmm. you know that eventually I would live with it, or it would be you know mm-hmm. I adjusted my lifestyle. Yep. Quit trying to be Superman. You know that's yeah because <laughs> that that was my biggest asset when I was taking Adderall. I was like, oh, I can do anything. Like I, I'm helpful. Uh-huh. You know? No one's paying attention to this because my hands were over here. You know, mm. not the the crazy part, just that, hey, I'm doing manual shit. Yeah. <laughs> Stuff, whatever, sorry. Yeah, manual labor. <laughs> yeah. And so I thought that was my usefulness in life. And, you know, we get reminders. Uh, yesterday, I was at work, and there's a, a big piece of round metal. It's about this big, but like, like this. And I had to, you know, I was... I don't have much going on at work right now. We're cut down to four days a week, okay. which is tough, but God provides. I have everything I need. Mm-hmm. You know, I want, you know, I wish I could, but not right now. Yeah. Yeah, God, you know, I've, God's always saying if, when it's not happening, not yet, you know, something's better coming along. So mm-hmm. anyways, this big old piece of metal was on the table and the saw was over here and I picked it up. And I moved it over to the saw, uh-huh. and I was like, "Oh man, I shouldn't have done that." Oh, and I was like, "It, it didn't. Don't. I'm. I'm fine." But I know now, like, okay, you know, oh, you know, I used to be in the, the mindset of, "Oh, I can still do that." Okay, good, great. Now it's I shouldn't have done that, and I, I'm glad I didn't hurt myself because, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I've done that too in the past. You know. Oh yeah. Still thinking I, I'm a 20 year old. You know. Because, I mean, technically, I did kind of misplace 20 years of my life, so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, stunted the growth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, uh, someone, uh, when I first started, said, you, you're, when you reco- start 
getting sober, mentally you're the age that you started drinking. Yep. And I started, uh, I believe that, you know. I, mean, mm-hmm. I was hard drinking at like 18 and 19, yep. you know. I forgot to throw in, the, in my story. It's okay. I, uh, those friends I was hanging out with, one of them, he started working at a bowling alley mm. in Plano. So I, I needed a job, and I got a job there. And free it's beer. there. Free beer, it's there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, man, St. Patrick's Day, that green beer. Woo. I remember bowl, I remember leagues would. Uh, oh, no. They would, they would leave full pitchers and stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because they already drank like two of them. So, oh. You know, you know I mean, there's six, six, seven, eight people mm-hmm. drinking beer and stuff. And it's like, okay. One time. So I was a customer service representative. I cleaned tables, uh, you know, got uh, reset pins if they flew off the alley and all this stuff, whatever. Uh-huh. And uh, so ironically, at midnight or at 1 o'clock, yeah, 1 o'clock on Friday and Saturdays, I'd have to say, you walk around in the pit with with the trash can, like, hey, you know, drink it or toss it, uh-huh. you know. And... Uh, one guy was being a little uh, arrogant and belligerent with me, and we there's a cop that worked there, which is ah. uh, thankful. He's mm-hmm. like, "Oh man, you know," he set it down. He's like, "Man, now yeah, let, let me just bowl this frame." And uh, he walked off. So uh, we kind of got into a little discussion, like, "No man." So the cop walked over, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, he walked off to to bowl, and I just grabbed him, <laughs> and I, I was doing my job, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. and. Uh, he he, uh, the the guy got mad and he was like, "Man, that was like a, that was a ten dollar drink," and the cop was like, "He's like, man, just just go there. To, I'll take care of this, you know." Uh-huh. But you know, I mean, I I understand that mind frame now of like, yeah, I'd have been mad. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs> when it came to alcohol and drugs, we were ruthless. You know, I mean, I didn't. Mm-hmm. You know, at first I felt like I didn't fit in when I switch fellowships mm-hmm. because I didn't do the hard drugs. Uh-huh. You know, I felt that way because it was new. And, you know, that's something I've, I've come to to, to uh, understand is like, we're, you know, like I said earlier, we're all here to help and learn from each other, you know? Yep. You know, I mean, it doesn't matter. We still had the same, same fucked mind. You know? <laughs> it's like, I need to get this or do this, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and it's just a hard, hard rewire. Yeah, so. it is. Yeah. <clears throat> Shit. Um, Six forty-two. Uh, think about thirty minutes to get down there from here. Yeah, about that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you want to wrap? Yeah, this up wrap. for now. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, Senor Ray, thank you very much. Um, I also plan to interview everyone at least like two, maybe three times, just because okay. you can't get the whole story. Okay. And yeah, uh, like what, an hour? Yeah. So that that's funny you say that. Um, I don't talk much, but I talk a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, when you go see someone or hear someone tell their story, like mm-hmm. from a group or something, it's like we've heard their story, but now we hear it all at once. You yeah. know, so. Yeah. yeah, and it's also in the things that are unsaid. Yeah. So, um, but man, this is fun. Uh, it was. You've got the longest interview so far. All right. Awesome. So, uh, I don't have a little trophy. Oh, okay. 
We'll find one for you. Edit, the, edit that out. That way no one can try and beat me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, thank you very much, sir. I will you. get everything set up. Well, packed up packed so that up. we may head on out to the fix. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Glad to hear. You bet.